podcast. I am Tim Malloy. Who else is here? Aaron Lanton, right here, baby. All right, it's Keith. Yeah. Keith Jr., Denny Jr. I was talking about this earlier, like how I hate being a junior for some reason. Not hate it. It just feels, I guess I did say I hate it. It just feels like when you're a junior, it's almost like somebody couldn't think of an original name for you or something. I didn't know you were a junior until right now. It's This has changed my whole perspective. Yeah, I mean, I've known Keith Jr. for a while. I didn't know that either. You didn't? No, it's never come up. Yeah, there's another Keith Denny running around here. At least you have the privilege of being a junior. Women don't get to be juniors. Yes, they can. Can they? They can. They can, but they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a weird. That's a weird thing. Yeah. It's kind of like you know. <coughs> nah, I ain't going there. We're not talking Kavanaugh. That shit's hilarious. But <laughs> we know what happened with that. My my dad told me I was like, why didn't you name me after you? Like I would I would I wanted to be a junior. I was like that'd be fun. And he goes, oh no, nah, I think. Oh, this is gonna sound bad. He's like, I think people just name their kid Junior when they're egotistical and they're like proud of themselves and they think it should be passed on. Exactly. But I see it otherwise. I see it as like you have pride in your child. Nah, I guess it's a matter so, of perspective. Apparently, so this is what my my some of my family mentions is that I was going to be a junior. For some reason, I end up not being a junior, but I actually named my son after my father and his grandfather. My father is a junior. And well, yeah, he's a junior. Well, it's not. He doesn't have a second or a junior behind his name, but he is technically a junior. And so my son is named after his father and grandfather. No. But just so happens, so, uh, so no pressure on him or anything. <laughs> pass it on. Pass it on. Oh, <laughs> but- uh, so this week we we did homework by watching the new CBS show, The Neighborhood. Yes, yes um, we did. I asked everyone if we could watch The Neighborhood because I've been kind of fascinated by The Neighborhood for the last month, if I can just explain it really quick. Please do. Um, there's there's a couple billboards all over L.A. for all these different new shows coming out. And I don't, do you guys have billboards for The Neighborhood? Like, have you seen them or signs or anything? I have. Well, so he, uh, he's in Texas. I'm in Tennessee. I have not. Okay. L.A., we get crazy billboards for everything. and. This is one of those shows where I really like the billboard because I'm like, I know exactly what this show is. Right. You got Max Greenfield, who I kind of recognize from The New Girl, mm-hmm. holding out his hand to Cedric the Entertainer. Max Greenfield looks super like, hey, buddy, how are you? Nice to meet you. And Cedric the Entertainer is like, I don't know about this. And mm-hmm. it's just like staring straight ahead into the camera like, I don't think so. Max Greenfield is like reaching over the fence so you know their neighbors. It's just like it tells the whole story. And then I'm like, this is basically a white dude has moved into the black neighborhood he is like the interloper. He is, it's kind of like the reverse of the old, there goes the neighborhood. Um, and it seemed like it was going to be a smart thing because you have a lot of like millennials moving back into cities that like suffered white flight and stuff like that years ago. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was a lot mm-hmm. to work with with the show. Right. So we actually watched the show. <laughs> yeah. Now, so Tim kind of, he didn't tell us why he was so interested, but uh, on, on his recommendation, uh, Keith and I checked it out. Uh, they have both seen the pilot. I dived into the second one as well, uh, the second episode. And, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the show, uh, the bad, the ugly, and the things we feel like worked. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? 
Keith, you go first. You're the the person who watched uh, most recently. What what did you think of the pilot episode of The Neighborhood? Um, well, f- first off, I think the youngest should have went first, uh, which I actually <laughs> don't know who would the youngest out of us be. But I'm the oldest. <clears throat> I'm the youngest. Oh, okay, okay. So we know. Um, <clears throat> so I literally just watched it. So I was, Perfect. as I was pretty much watching, I was trying to assess it. My first response, I didn't really care for it. Like, and when I say I didn't care for it, I would never watch this show outside of talking about it for the podcast. <laughs> like, like if it was never oh. mentioned to watch the show, I would have never watched it. I would have probably looked at 10 minutes and been like, I'm done, you know? Um, and, and now there's a few reasons why, and it's really unrelated to the content. Okay. I really do not like shows with a laugh track. Okay. Now, unless it's something I grew up watching, like Family Matters and Fresh Print or Martin or something like that, I'm kind of cool with those. But it's something about somebody telling me when I should laugh that actually kind of bothers me. Now, um, <clears throat> are you just saying that about most sitcoms? Well, I might say most. A lot of sitcoms today have gotten rid of the laugh track as far as network television. Mm-hmm. Uh, CBS pretty consistently for the sitcoms has kept the laugh track. I feel like that's accurate, Tim. Is it, would you kind of agree with that? CBS kind of lives and dies by the laugh track. Basically, the laugh track are your three camera. They call them comedies, which are the like stationary. We have the set. Everybody comes in and out of the set. Mm-hmm. That's your two broke girls, whatever. And then there's like the kind of like curb your enthusiasm type mm-hmm. one camera that's like more cinematic or the office. Um, what would we call blackish? Like, like what kind of what kind of uh, I, I guess stage setup is that? I believe that's a one camera. Because there's no camera. laugh track on Blackish, is there? There is no no, no there's not. no laugh track. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. I think so it's So that's just, like more like watching a movie. Yeah, it's just shot like a regular show and not like right. a like a s like like how Tim described it, like in the stage type setting. Alright, um, so you got a problem with the laugh track. What I got a problem with the laugh track. Um I also don't know how I feel. Like I'm I'm feeling like they touching Basis on certain themes, like um, I'm getting a sense of gentrification, uh, a little bit like um, like Tim said, like that reverse of like, look who's coming to the neighborhood, look who's coming to dinner type feel, and I think, I think another thing, and maybe this is just from me personally. Like the whole concept of like a story with reverse racism that just doesn't um, sit well with me as much, and and especially not now. Well, explain it. Explain it. You, you said it. I'm thinking it, but could you give an example of what you mean as I far just, as what happens in the pilot plot wise? Something just doesn't feel like realistic to me. You know what I mean? Like how certain conversations come up, and I understand it's a sitcom. Yeah, just give an example in the show that you're talking about. Just, just so we can be a little more specific for the listening audience. Like, even the conversation how pretty much the, the son comes over to, to the white neighborhood's house, the white neighbor's house, and how he, you know, pretty much was, was saying stuff about, like, oh, well, y'all have to come to the barbecue because if you don't, then you'll seem like you're racist, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we're not racist. If anybody racist, it's your father. And he was like, oh, well, black people can't be racist. Did he they say, can be racial. They could be racial, but not is. Now, okay. Now, 
the reason that came off weird <clears throat> for me as well. That sounds like some shit I'm reading off a message board. Yes. Or, or, or off of some jokes that we've heard off of stand-up. Or jokes that we tell it to each other. That black people tell amongst each other. But but I, not to a CBS audience. Not to another white person that you don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, that in itself was kind of weird. It's just a, I also don't really agree with that, too. The, the thing is, that's a hard sell, even among black people, to say black people can't be racist. A lot of black people be like, well, I understand why you feel the way you feel, but that is racist. Very yeah. rarely you come across black people just like, well, you, you just can't be racist. It's not possible. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I, I also was like, was the joke there... <clears throat> Was the joke there like we wouldn't use the word racist, we would use the word racial? Because I definitely do hear people use the word racial in the way that I hear black people use the word racial sometimes in the way that white people would use the word racist, but it's almost like a polite way of saying, Don't be racist. Like but we see, don't have to be racial. But those words are used differently in certain contexts. It's like when you see a politician in the GOP say something and then there's a headline by the AP and they're like Something was racial, and then black people were like, no, that was racist. That right. wasn't racial. Like yeah. you know, like, racial remarks. Yeah, call it what it is. Like don't don't just oh, it was racially tinged. Like no, it was racist. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of I don't know. I, there are <clears throat> jokes that feel out of context in the pilot, and for me, the issue. And not take over Keith's point. I'm sorry. I know you were trying to go through your your. Uh, list of things you had as an issue with the show but for me it was in the pilot episode they're doing a lot of telling and not showing and for me that was kind of problematic because a lot of it is just like repeating things we've seen or heard said for the past couple of decades over and over and over and not just kind of allowing the characters to um kind of um, evolve in front of us and let us care about what they're doing. It made it feel more awkward than it had to be. It's, uh, yeah, it just and then some of the some of like the black white jokes just fell flat to me too. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that goes back to the laugh track. Like certain things that I think that just is just not naturally funny at all. Like even Would you when, give one more example of what you mean by that? Like pretty much all of the white jokes, like even when they was when the when the son was sitting down playing chess, the oldest son and the um Dave was Dave Johnson, the white guy, sat down and he was like, Oh, can I play? And he was like, Yeah, and then he said, I, I'm white. Meaning he was talking about the white chess piece. And he was like, Oh yes, you are. Like that that's that's a joke we've heard so many times. But it's so, so lame. Bad. It's like overly lame. It's like now, I did, didn't you think just, it was... It now, was I did actually appreciate the next thing that happened though, where they were talking about Crackhead... Oh my, was it Crackhead? What was the dude's name? They crackhead have, they have a neighbor who's, let's say Crackhead John or something. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah it was a... Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so he was like, yeah, Crackhead John lives across the street. Um, and, and this is... The, the son, uh, Malcolm, is saying this to Dave, the white neighbor, Max Greenfield, the actor. And he goes, uh, oh, oh. We have a crackhead lives across the street. He goes, "Oh, you can't call him a crackhead. What are you doing?" And he's like, "But you just called him a crackhead." And he's like, "Yeah, because I know him like that. You can't call him that. I can call him that." And 
that is a thing that happens though. Like if you don't know somebody, if if we call him Crackhead or whatever, you can't call him that. I can call him that. I know him. If you know him and I don't know him, you can call him that. I can't call him that. That's just how that goes. It ain't that's not even a black white thing. It's just like you don't know him. I do. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm. Yeah. I um I went in very positive on the show just because I thought the idea of it was funny and I right. really like any time like I think I'm with Keith. I really don't watch any multi-camera sitcoms, anything with a laugh track ever. I just don't like them. Right. They just seem bad and hacky to me. But anytime someone's going to attempt really serious, really difficult stuff like gentrification in a sitcom, I'm like, that's brave. Let's do it. I'm into it. But yeah. I just want to see how you handle this. Um, and I admire them for trying. And I, I don't know how I, – I suspect they're going to get better. Just because, like, explaining this to a to a CBS audience in particular, like an older, probably pretty white audience, I think is a hard thing to do. I don't think so you have to say probably. I, I think, like, to, I think to I think they have to spoon feed a lot in the first episode, and they probably have to trade on stereotypes in the first episode that I hope and kind of expect them to get away from. I let me so. I wish that we had all had a chance to watch the second episode. One thing I can definitely tell you guys about the second episode, it is much better. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because I, I got a chance to read on the rap that um, it lost 21% of its viewers in the second week. And I think yeah. that's really unfortunate. And I think part of that is it was so heavy handed. It was so, like one of the things that happened that it's, I only, let's put it like this. If I were watching this live when it came on the first week, I'm watching the pilot, and I see in the first two minutes that the young white son who is in elementary school, I don't know how old he is, but he's counting black people. I'm probably out. I'm not even watching the rest. Like, he texted me in two minutes into the show and said, quote, if I can yeah, go for if it. I can do this, uh, if I can do this on the air, you can stop me. But yeah. you go like, here it is. Oh, man. I'm two minutes in. This show is fucked up. Crying emoticon. <laughs> it's just trying, like, it's trying to, like, put you in that moment and just kind of be like, yeah, this is what it is. But it's like, dude, like, I got to learn to like these people a little bit first. Like, this is the first thing coming out of this kid's mouth. Like, give me a moment to, like, you know, connect with him for a second. You know, like, the only thing he's like, Nana said this, Nana said that, moved to a black neighborhood, and if you notice, like, in the first scene, like, they have, like, these helicopter sounds in the background, it's like, we're going to this black neighborhood, look how dangerous stuff is, and it's like, you can hear sirens in the background, it's like, guys, like, that's, that's so much, like, immediately to, to throw me into, like, allow me to interact with this family and kind of, you know, like them a little bit first, um, th- that was Let a me- lot I, I would have jumped out. And and I had the same issue. I gave blackish. So I actually, you know, it, it's interesting if you think about this show in comparison to blackish. Like, for me, blackish is this show that is so, it gives so much exposition on race and how you should feel about race and the reason black people feel the way they do about certain things that it kind of doesn't explore character in a way that is appealing to me, which is why I wasn't like super into the show. Um, you know, I, I gave it a, a shot through its first season and I've kind of been in and out watching it since then, but I haven't been like a consistent viewer. 
Um, the thing that's really interesting about the second episode of The Neighborhood is they you don't see them going to these diatribes about... Like, they say racist so much in the first, like, uh, episode. You can get drunk. Like, if you were playing a drinking yeah. game, you, you would just get... You'd be totally wasted in the, in the well, first episode. In the second episode... Pilot- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just going to interject real quick. Pilots are hard, and you have to, like, really stake your claim, like, this is what the show is. Yes, yes, that's the thing. It's really trying hard to tell the audience, here's what the show is trying to do in the first episode. And in the second episode, so at the end of the, by the end of the first episode, it actually, you can feel them kind of releasing the valve a little bit and not being so tense. It's still, you get a sense that Max Greenfield, his character Dave, is like really awkward still. The wife, uh, played by Beth Bears, is, is like, she's such a fun character. Like, I really love what she's doing in the show. Same thing with uh, Tisha Arnold. Actually, I think all the actors are really doing a good job with what they have. But in the second uh, episode, they really they don't worry about like racism and this and that, blah blah. blah. It's just about the differences as people and like how they're awkward and not really getting along, and and the mistakes they're making as, as parents and and like there's this really funny scene. Because in my wife, uh, she grew up uh, with a white family, and when we were dating early on, it was something that came up with us about washcloths. It comes up in this in the second episode where white Wait, people don't this use came washcloths. Up, this, was in the, this was in the Champs podcast too. Did you ever listen to the Champs podcast? I did not. Champs is these two white dudes who interview a different black guest every week, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's one of the guys is Neil Brennan from the who co-created the Chappelle Show, who's amazing. The other guy is Moshe Kasher, who's really funny. And one of the racial things that they hit on is like is washcloths, and it's white people don't use washcloths in the shower. Yeah, they don't. What? It's weird. I didn't know that. What do y'all use? I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I don't. <laughs> I I had one when I was a little kid. We use washcloths, and then like on my own, I've never used a washcloth. So like, hold on, hold on. So what do you use? <laughs> what the f- washcloth? When we say washcloth, we talking about like the little towel, right? Yes, little tiny, little tiny towel that you like wash your face with. Face okay, towels yeah. and all this other stuff. So, see, me personally, and this might sound weird. I use two washcloths: one for my body, one for my face. That yeah, way, I use just straight soap. I don't do that, but yeah, straight soap like I, a bar of soap. soap and you do just you put soap on the washcloth. Yeah, and normally, yeah. See, I just use the straight soap. You know what See, a black mama would up. say to you if she saw you using straight soap? She would feel like you wasting that damn bar of soap. Won't it, Aaron? Like, I remember I used to wash myself with straight soap. Man, my grandma found that out. She was like, why are you not using the washcloth? So they always taught us to wash the, the soap on the washcloth and then wipe it on your body. Yeah, because the soap will soak into the towel, and you can use like less of the soap and still get a bunch of suds, and you you can lather a lot more than if you just straight up use the soap. Hey, and the other thing by just using the soap uh, is makes sense. you know pubic hairs, all this other stuff. You know, whatever. There's a bunch of reasons that people have chosen. Well, black people chose to use something else with soap. But in the episode, second episode, long story short, what happens is I'm not gonna ruin everything about it, but it begins with the Johnsons. The Johnsons are the white family. They're, they have a pipe that's busting the house. And so um, Calvin, so Cedric the Entertainer's character, comes over with his son Malcolm. And Well, after Dave, uh, Dave Johnson comes up and says, hey, I got a problem with pipe. Pipe's busted. Can you guys help? And they're hesitant. 
And then, you know, Malcolm's like, come on, Dad. Like, you know, it'd be nice if you did. You know, and again, he's kind of trolling. You got to be with the white name or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, I, I'll help out. And so the thing is, that means the wife can't take a shower, though. So she's like, hey, you know, I know this is kind of awkward, but would you mind if I shower at your place? And so uh, the wife, Tina uh, Butler, is like, yes, sure. You can come over to our place and you can have a shower. And so she hands her a washcloth. And she's like, well, what am I going to do with this? And she was like, uh-huh. wash your body with it. And she's like, but I just, I'm just going to take the soap and I'm just going to wash myself. And she was like, why would you do that? And so it's like this back and forth they have. And this is like this really fun thing. Another th- really goofy thing that happens is she sees a wig. And she's like, oh, is that your wig? She's like, yeah, of course it's my wig. So, so when I say uh-huh. she, I mean, um, Gemma, who's the white wife, is speaking to the black wife and saying, is that your wig? She says, yes, that's my wig. When the white wife gets out of the shower, she looks at the wig. You know, she kind of like, you know, looking in the mirror, like, okay, I look straight. And then she sees the wig and she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, I don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. But she puts on the wig. As she puts on the wig, one of the sons walks in and he's like, oh, what is going on? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't don't, t- don't tell Tina. She said, tell Tina. What? And so I'm not going to ruin what happens there. But it's this really interesting moment where, like, she throws on this wig. Obviously, it's not her wig. She says her, says her wigs are sacred, and then it just leads to stuff. And that's the thing. Like, so when the show isn't just like, like if the show was like, hey, you put them, if this was the pilot, dude, it would be like, you put them on a wig that's racist. Racist people put on black people's wigs or something. You know, it'd be really awkward. But instead, it's allowing, it's showing instead of telling and just, like, giving us these maxims about, like, what racism is and is not. So you get a better feel for who the characters are, you know, in that episode. That's such a spectacular sitcom set up, like, something that would never happen in real life. Like, I'm going to ask to go use my neighbor's shower, but also, like, so incredibly awkward. I mean, Well, that's good. I mean, in, in New York, when my wife and I were there, that kind of shit happened plenty because we were broke. Um, you know, the neighbor's shower? You well, like your neighbor's I mean, enough? Dude, the, you know how the supers are. They don't be fixing nothing. That's true. I just took cold showers. So... Man, you, you brave man. So, Here's the other um, thing, though. Here's why I'm a... I, I don't know why I'm volunteering this on a podcast. Um, I don't really like showers. Like, I'll, I'll avoid it for as long as I can. So I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I actually heard some guys talking about this on a podcast recently where the so it's a black host and a white host, uh, both men. White guy says, you know, I only shower about five times a week. And the black guy was like, what in the hell are you talking about five times a week? And he's like, well, look, I got a different lifestyle. I got kids, you know, kids want to hang out, blah, 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 so on and so forth. He's explaining all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, but sure, but five times a week, like that's, I mean, should be at least seven, eight, right? He's like, no, like they're going back and forth about it. But there's all these little funny, interesting, tiny tidbits that are these cultural differences that, you know, like oftentimes we just miss out on them. We talk about it and it just doesn't come up. I mean, from from that to the washcloths to how we like our tea, our you know our barbecue, all the kinds of stuff. So and, so I know it's interesting. So when he said he only showered five times out of the week, does that mean he take baths the baths the other two days? No, that means no. he just don't bathe. That means any kind of anything, huh? White people took a vote, and they do not want me to be the representative of white people. But <laughs> I definitely. I'm definitely five showers a week. There's, I've never taken more than five showers in a week. 
Really? I literally take two showers. I don't like it. Like, I take a shower in the morning. I just took a shower before we did this. And I'm going to take, I take two showers a day. I'll take, man, black people water bills be so high, Tim, I'm telling you. That's why I left soap. I don't have to serve soap because I'm only in there. Like, look, look, we saving on soap. Yeah, well, if you're showering like two or three times a day, I get it. But I'm in there. It can, soap lasts me like a year. I'm going to be honest with you. If I step outside and I start sweating, I'm taking a shower when I get back inside. I just, I don't know. That's I, so funny. I, I feel like we could do a whole podcast about how frequently we shower, but we'd be on that forever. Uh, it would be the least enjoyable podcast for everyone. <laughs> for everyone. I mean, I, it might be. I don't know. Um, is, but, but, is, there like a, is there like a cultural northern-southern climates thing here or something? I mean, could this be like, because a lot of times people say like, oh, yeah, that's a popular black food, but they just mean that's popular southern food. And if they included black people and white people from the South, it would be similar. Mm, I don't know. I don't have a Southern white person to ask in front of me right now. Um, I mean, like, the iced tea thing, right? You mentioned how we like our tea. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I will never drink iced tea in my life. But like, now, iced tea or sweet tea? Thing, right? Or just tea, period? What are you talking about? Either tea. And really, uh, really any tea. I'm not a tea dude either, though. I don't drink tea. But, like, sweet tea is a thing, right? Yeah. It I is, but I don't drink I, it. I haven't drank it sweet tea in a while, but, you know, we grew up drinking sweet tea. I, I would drink the shit out of some sweet-ass Kool-Aid, but I don't, I don't mess with it. My tea. aunt used to make um, sunshine tea. What do you have sunshine tea? Well, you let it brew out in the sun. Oh, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I taste. feel like that's a... I feel like that's a southern thing. It is like you put a bunch of lemons in it and you sit it outside, pretty much. I mean, she she add a lot of extra stuff to it, but it's like the best tea you ever have in your life. You let it brew wow. all day. Uh huh. So real quick before we we get too deep into that and not go back to the neighborhood, because uh, look the th- the show I'm telling you guys like second episode super solid. Like I actually wow. I, I watched it and I felt like it, it, it just it just does a lot of things well. Like I, I don't want to spoil more things about it. I really do feel like it's worth revisiting the the pilot episode. Like many like it's it, honestly it's kind of it's interesting that the pilot led to an uh, order of more episodes because it's so heavy handed. Honestly. But I do think that they, they really start hitting their stride in the second episode. There are things, especially at the end, again, I'm not going to ruin it, that it's just so fun. And and I, I really do hope that people give this show a chance because I, I do think that what it's trying to do is is really interesting. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I just wonder, it, it's got some formulated things that are actually going to be interesting to suss out so for example they have two sons in the black family that are you know young adult age and then they have uh for the white family they have a son who's much younger than they are maybe like nine ten years old normally you'd at least have a child on the other side that's around that age so that they can interact with one another but maybe they'll find ways to make that work any either way um I'm really curious to see how how they use the the, the child that, that's really young. Um, 
the women get along really well in the show. And to me, like their relationships um, are what kind of center the, um, give balance to the families. uh, And they work really well. Um, They're not really uptight the way the men are. Uh, um, So so Max Greenfield's character, he's really like trying way too hard. And Entertainer's character is like going out of his way to just like put up a wall. And the women are just like, you know what? No, we just want to be friends. And be, it may, you know, we might make some mistakes here and there, but like, you know, as far as how we communicate, but we're making a real effort. And also, it kind of—it's not even as much of an effort. Like, it seems like it just kind of comes easily to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it like, but it's funny because Greenfield's dynamic is like he's trying way too hard, mm-hmm. and then Cedric is trying not at all. What's his name on the show? Cedric the Entertainer. Calvin. I don't feel like I should say, like, Cedric the Entertainer every time. Like, that feels like a last name or something. Um, <laughs> but, so Calvin is like, I have no interest in this. And also, I like that he's a little bit older because he's kind of just, like, curmudgeonly. Yeah, but, you know, I don't like that. So, I, I like the idea that a curmudgeon, well, excuse me, an old curmudgeon black man is like, I've seen enough where I can't trust white men. Because yeah, that's, I'm, that's interesting. Yeah. No, go ahead. Were you about to add more to that? I, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that he has, like, a racial spin on his neighbor being annoying, where he thinks he's, like, a white guy who's, like, trying too hard because he's racist. And, like, whether it's, like, I guess he kind of describes two types of racism. Like, there's, like, racism, racism of, like, I don't like black people. And then there's racism where he's, like, I love black people, but he doesn't. He doesn't, like, see black people as people. He just sees, like, I embrace blackness because it, like, makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, what do you think of that, Keith? Like, that that aspect of that character. Hmm. I think... I think that that does add to an interesting point. Like, he said, like, he told his son, like, if you didn't, if you didn't know me, would you like me? And <laughs> and that was a good point. Like, well, wait, not, not not even with just would you like me? Would you be nice to me? Would you be nice to me? Based off how he how he acts and how he treats people. Now, with that being said, I do believe there are people in this world that are just genuine, genuinely nice, or yeah. they go out of their way to be nice. But there is a certain thing that is um, very manipulative about a person who is nice even when you're an asshole towards them. And I don't even think that's a black or white thing. It's just manip- It just feels weird anyway. And it doesn't feel genuine. And so, um, and that's the thing. So they do, it's, the thing, the show, I'm t- the pilot literally, like it says that to such an exact extent that it feels false in a way that, that it's kind of, it just doesn't do the show any favors. The second episode, so it, it does the exact same thing, but it does not like shove it in your damn mouth the whole time. Like it lets you just kind of have that experience of one person trying too hard and one person like just trying, just being like, ah, like I can't, like there's something about like how hard you're trying that I just can't trust. And then it gets to a point where the guard is let down. 
just right. just enough where it feels like a real connection is happening. Yeah, I think it's a thing with pilots where like the pilot where it's just totally organic and natural and grabs you from the beginning is really really rare because I think yeah it's not very bad or anything. Yeah, I, like I think they really are trying to spell things out more than they would in any other episode and. You've just got to kind of accept, like, okay, they're explaining, some, they're spoon feeding some things to me right now because they think they have to because it's the first one. And I don't know. One thing that I like about it, the more I think about it, is that I like that everybody's motivations can kind of work in a lot of ways. Like, why is Greenfield trying so hard? Because he's brand new in town and has no friends. Like, he needs to make this work. Cedric the Entertainer, he's been here for years. He doesn't need this to work at all. Like, he's hoping the new neighbors will leave. Well, yes, also, the other thing about Max Greenfield's character is his job is to be a mediator. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. That's actually really, that was a really funny idea. Yeah. That was, I, I like that a lot. And I also like that her job is being, I think she's a school principal. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's like an assistant principal of a progressive school. Because that'll be a great, that's a great setup right there. Oh my God. And it's, like, it's, it's so funny because the way... So one of the sons, Marty, the one who's an engineer in the family, uh, yeah. one of the sons, when he was like, uh, and this is in the pilot episode, he says, oh, so that's a school where they don't, you know, teach you anything. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, oh, because cause she says, uh, Gemma says, you know, well, we put an emphasis on how the kids feel rather than their grades. Like, oh, yeah. So that's a progressive way of saying what I said. <laughs> they don't teach them anything. And so uh, the mom, uh, she goes, uh, well, that that just, I'm not quoting this verbatim, but she was like, you know, make school sound stupid or something. And she was like, she's like, hey, I, you know, I ain't got no problem with that. You know, I know you're not throwing shade. And she's like, see, I learned that today from, from Tina. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, all right, cool. Like, it, see, that's the thing, like, it didn't, between, when they write the women, it doesn't feel weird and awkward. Like, they're just like. You saying something that, you know, ain't exactly, like, I, you know, I could take offense to that, but I know what you mean, girl, it's all good. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's, that feels more, like, organic instead of saying, hey, what you said, I could take as being racism, but I know what you mean. Because that's how I feel like most of the rest of the pilot is written. I also feel like this show went through a lot of notes. Like from getting yeah, you from the it. time it was first on to air, and I think they were like really sensitive about like how are we going to handle this? Like, how are we going to do this appropriately? We don't want to be accused of being racist ourselves. Um, we want to just do everything right, and we also need to meet our super old, super white audience where they are, which is hard. Um, I mean, they recast the two white leads. Um, really? Yeah, in the process. In the process, I mean, partly, I guess, because like Max Greenfield became available and he was on a really successful show, and Beth Bears was on a really successful show that sucked. Um, Two Broke Girls. Um, oh, that's and true. Okay. Yeah, that show was terrible. She was. She's good in this, but that show was. This she's is a better really show good. Than that. She's really yeah. good. And then I was kind of, I was surprised that they replaced Dreamer Walker, who's excellent. But, you know, I'm not complaining about it. I think she's, I think Beth Bears is good on the show. Um, but then there is a lot of stuff where they just seem to have really, really talked it out and thought it out. And it kind of makes the pilot a little bit clunky. So I, based on your recommendation, I am going to see the second one. Please see the second one. I, I really, 
it's weird because I remember, and you might recall, this was years and years ago now, but I wrote, um, when Blackish first came out, I wrote, like, I think the f- episode reviews for, like, the first four. Oh, wow. And, you know, like, I I kind of was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm giving it a shot, and there's some things that work, there's some things that don't work. And the way Dre works, the father in that show, um, it's like a... Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm just say this really quickly. I'm just trying to get to the point. It's kind of like a poor man's version of the of uh, Bernie Mac and the Bernie Mac show, um, because he he's stubborn, but he like never will admit really being wrong. And the way he admits being wrong is by like just kind of not really owning it, but just kind of like saying real quick, "Hey, you know everything's fine." But like Bernie Mac would actually be like, "You know what? Actually, I did do something screwed up," and. I don't know, like, there's something about the way it functioned that, that was, uh, it felt genuine. In the first episode of this, what was so interesting is, uh, of the neighborhood, when they when they walk out, so it, it ends with uh, Max Greenfield, oh my god, it was so awkward, he keeps saying, hey, I'm not, you know, he, he goes and hugs everybody in the black family, <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry if, if this seems racist, I'm sorry if this seems racist. And then, and when it gets to Marty, Marty's like, "This is the most fun shit I've ever seen." He comes and he hugs. And, uh, Marty's really funny. Marty's great. And, and uh, Calvin, the father, goes, "If I hug you, will you leave my house?" <laughs> and, and so he hugs him, and he leaves. And, and so then he says, "Hey, I, I want you guys to come over." So and when I say this person, um, Max Greenfield's character says, "Hey, I want you guys to come over because I genuinely want you to come over, not because you're black." And and the, the white's like, "What you?" Get your ass out of here. Like, come on. <laughs> saying too much. Saying too much. And when they walk out, and it's just the black family sitting there, uh, Calvin goes, can you believe they named their son Grover Johnson? Like, you think he about to say something, like, really mean about the white family, but he's just stuck on the fact that they named their son Grover. <laughs> he just can't get over it. And, and it, it just, it, it's like, that that kind of charisma from, from the characters, from the actors, and that sort of like more showing instead of telling is so much more of what you see in the second episode. So I, I wish we got to see more of that in the pilot. I hope people give it more of a shot. It's a really interesting thing that they do in the second episode. So I, I really recommend giving the show another shot. The third episode isn't out yet. I'm going to keep watching it just to kind of see where it goes and maybe give an update and see how it's evolved. But I, I really want to give it a chance. And, you know, I, I you know, I like what they're attempting to do. And, and the second episode gave me a lot of hope for where it's going. We should just do a whole podcast about the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Keith is like, I don't know this shit. Yeah, then, then that means I got to watch more episodes of it. But, you can just hate them. You can just hate every episode. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what's... We just start the episode with like two minutes of Did You Hate It? Huh? <laughs> We just start every every next episode with uh, "Did you hate the the, the latest episode?" <laughs> yeah, I, I either hate it or I hate it less. <laughs> so it's gonna be one of those um, things. We I I held off on doing this, and I asked Aaron I asked Aaron to hold off on doing this too because I wanted us to all go around and guess. Do you think this show was created by a white creator or a black creator or something else? White creator. You said white or black. White. Okay. Keith? Um, I'm not sure. I think it, it, it could it, have been... confidence in things are saying it would make me say black. Because you had to have you had to be around black people to get some of these things yeah. or say some of these things. 
but I still would say white. I think could have been created by a black person, to be honest with you. But one who... I don't know. I think could have been created by a black person. See, I thought black person because I thought CBS wouldn't do like a racial show, a show with a lot of racial material by a white guy. But they did. Um, The creator of (laughs) the creator of the show was Jim Reynolds. Um, And then it seems like there was a a big part of it uh, taken over by Cedric the Entertainer. And also, there's another executive producer who worked with Cedric uh, before, whose name I'm looking for. Um, so I think that it probably started off with with the white guy Jim Reynolds, um, and then he got a lot of good input. And it seems like the show has evolved and gotten better. When the show was originally pitched, it was pitched as a super nice guy from the Midwest moves into a tough neighborhood, and there was Ooh. no mention at all of like racial dynamics. That wouldn't that wouldn't be any good though. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think when, probably when Cedric the Entertainer got more and more involved, I think it probably took on, I'm guessing, that it took, that they decided to explore the racial dynamic more, and that is by far the most interesting thing about the show. I don't even think it's, I don't, it doesn't even seem like a tough neighborhood now. Well, I would say this, honestly, I don't think. A tough neighborhood. Yeah, the tough (laughs) neighborhood. Um. (laughs) The thing that's interesting about the show is it's, it's really, like I said, it, this is, for, if we were to talk about the pilot, I, I would not have this kind of positive outlook. I'm just telling you, the second episode is so much better. Like, it is, so, okay, so I was watching on my wife, so we started with the second one. Well, I, I watched the pilot first, I watched it without it, because I was trying to hurry, make sure I watched it before we got a chance to record, so we had a little more opportunity because we had to uh, record a little bit later she watched the second episode with me that was my first time watching it and then we went back and watched the pilot she said if i watched the pilot first i would not have watched the second episode with you Hmm. uh but the second episode she she was like okay i can see paula wise how this happened so on and so forth but this man i'm telling you like it's i'm really encouraged keith i know you you got your feelings about it i would feel the exact same way if i just only watched the pilot but um they they really did go out of their way to um be a little more loose not focus so much on uh telling instead of showing and just now i don't want to ruin it i really want you guys to just have that experience instead of like showing what happened but they you know how when you're watching a, a show and you're like how the hell did these characters get together? And then these characters get together and then they have like a really interesting interaction, kind of like how you see a modern family. I'm not comparing it to modern family. Yeah. But I'm saying like yeah. how you get a mix of characters who you don't expect to see together and then you see them together and they have this adventure that you're just like, wow, that was interesting. How the hell did, like, I, I just didn't see that coming um, that way. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, still, it's not, you know, the plots are still kind of like, formulate but the way that they make them work is just really fun yeah they have actually like a good mix of characters too like all have really different perspectives and stuff and like the episode where who's the dude who plays marcel um i'm trying to find everybody's names but the episode where marcel and beth bears have to go somewhere together is going to be a great episode whenever that happens it might be in the like 10th season I mean, I really, I, I can't wait to see more about kind of everybody's profession and 
and the kind of things they do. It's it's a really I, I'm I'm excited to see what it does because if it works, it'll really really work because we even got things like we got a mom, a mother-in-law, uh, who we know is a racist. Well, I said we know is a racist. She she's at uh-huh. least very uh, opinionated about this neighborhood and the people there. I don't think the, she. The, I don't think she necessarily is a racist. She just at, didn't understand why they would move to a black neighborhood. Uh, well, I'm saying if we if we just taking the child's perspective and the things he was saying and Nana was saying, uh, Nana is not exactly excited about where they're going. I mean, but it's black people that probably wouldn't be excited about where they're going. Apparently, you get what I'm saying? Because no, how, well, okay, how, but how, how I don't did, know why you're saying that. The reason why I'm did, saying that is because gotta... the reason why I'm saying that because how even though it doesn't look like it. But how the neighborhood is supposed to be depicted, it's supposed to be depicted like a hood-ass neighborhood. No, so, like... Just, I mean, we don't know that. We really don't. Well, we got the I crackhead mean, across the street. They got a crackhead across... What the hell's it got to do with anything? Keith, we... I don't, I'm saying, I don't had, got like, a crackhead across the street. We had crackheads across the street. They ain't really mean nothing. Like, crackhead didn't own a building. That was somebody's son. No, this crackhead stayed right across the street. Stayed across like the street. Like, every, everything, everything about this neighborhood is depicted to make the neighborhood seem hood. It's like, it's, but then it's like a nice hood neighborhood. Okay, look, for people who ain't seen the show yet, look, I, I, cause I get where you're going with that, just, but the crackheads only thing about the show that make it, that would make it seem that way. They got like all these places. Did you say when they pulled up, they had the helicopter going on and the police sirens? So it's, for okay, some but, reason, but it, all the, all it, the people you see at, at what they call the, the, uh, not the barbecue. Then you they remember. Then specific. you remember what the guy had said. He had, he had, the 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 son somewhat hints towards it not being a safe neighborhood. It ain't. But see, okay, all right. So, hell, and that's know, another thing that right, confuses right. me a, a hell of a lot about the show because it's supposed to be a hood neighborhood, but it don't quite look like a hood neighborhood. So, so that's kind of what I'm getting at. So, remember, Tim, in Harlem, what yeah. you might remember this offhand. What are they trying to call Harlem right now? They're trying to rename Harlem something. Oh, I don't know. Is it like Upper Upper West Side or it's something? It's like Soha or some bullshit. Yeah. Well, here's the here's a thing that's unique to L.A., which is fascinating. By the way, uh, Marcel Spears plays Marty. I combined the character's name with the actor's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought so. He's funny. Um... There's a lot of parts of L.A., including Compton, and including, like, Inglewood, and including South L.A., which are, like, pretty black areas, um, which are whatever stereotype people have in their heads of, like, this is a bad neighborhood, they look like beautiful neighborhoods. I mean, there's palm trees, there's really nice, like, single-family houses, there's there's lawns. I mean, like, Friday is is a good indication of, like, what a lot of houses look like. And so a lot of times when people come here from somewhere else, they're like, well, wait, this doesn't look like Newark. Like, this doesn't, doesn't look, look like... dilapidated. Yeah, like, the buildings aren't falling down. Like, we must be in, like, the good part of Compton. And it's like... <laughs> no, like, 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 if you go... This is terrible. I'll tell a terrible story. My little brother and I used to be, like, we were obsessed with, like, Nate Dogg, Snoop Dogg and Warren G, and they always talked about 21 and Lewis, 21st Street and Lewis. And so we lived the next city over, 
And we were like, we have to go to 2 1 in Lewis. Like, we have to see, like, where, where is this amazing place that, like, Snoop Dogg is from? Let's go. And we went to 2 1 in Lewis, and 2 1 in Lewis looked like exactly like our neighborhood. Like, it's just, it's, we thought it was going to be like some insane, like, amazing, you know, rap video type place. And it's like, that's just, California isn't like that. I don't know. I guess weather is a part of it. I guess that, like, just like you have your palm trees and stuff, and that makes things look nice. But it's very jarring and strange for outsiders. There's like a weird type of segregation here where it's like, I don't know, these neighborhoods that look like Midwestern sitcom neighborhoods that also happen to be like really, really predominantly African American. And. Yeah, that I mean that that might be a West Coast and maybe some other places, well, but where where, where Chicago, we from is not like that in Memphis. Yeah, in Memphis, you know the difference. In you Chicago, know you know the difference. In in like Harlem, for example, you there's a sense of that. And and Tim, you like I said, you've lived in New York, so you you kind of have a sense of this. I lived in Harlem. Yeah, like in Harlem. There are not great parts of Harlem, but like they don't look like you know like insane or anything. Um, yeah. Now there are parts of, in Brooklyn. You pass a certain, you pass Broadway Junction, yeah, you gotta run well, pretty quick. When you see like movies of like the South Bronx in like the early '80s or the late '70s or whatever, and it's just like this is like it's been bombed or something. Like New York looks really scary. In like seventies and eighties movies, like even parts of New York that are really nice now, look really terrifying. Like they're like, it's like don't go in Central Park. That's a terrible idea. Like <laughs> there's like there's so many parts. There's so many parts of New York that look really scary. But like the flatouts, like what is the scariest place I've ever been? It's probably Camden, New Jersey, which is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is like 15 miles from my parents' house, and I went and saw Dark Knight Rises, and I took a wrong turn, and I was parked for like a second, and I saw like the crack pipe light up on the corner of these like women who were like under, who were like sitting in a doorway. Like the crack pipe lit up, they saw like a car because there were like no cars, and it was just like silhouettes like walking up to my car, like who is this outsider? And I was like, this neighbor is fucked. And it was totally, it was totally like my fear, like imposing things on it. Like, Oh my God, I'm in Camden. Um, and also like seeing people like out there smoking on the street that made me like freaked out. And the fact that the neighborhood looked terrible. Um, I mean, it really looked bombed out, but, um, as I'm saying this, Keith is like, I think we need to wrap up. (laughs) No, no, no. So like, my only question about this, um, was this one of the situations where you were like, all right, I'm going to go to the movie theater I don't normally go to, to go see The Dark Knight? Because you know how sometimes it'll happen, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to this one specific one that's closer or whatever it was. I just turned left when I should have turned right, and my parents lived, like, close enough to Camden that I just, like, went to a neighborhood that was, it's rare that in your neighborhood where, like, this is a bad neighborhood. But it was like a neighborhood that felt like really dangerous. But I think so. That's the crazy thing about this country in general. Like, you could be just driving and shit's fine, and get in like in the good part of town. You make one turn, and suddenly yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? Where am I?" And it's like a totally different side of 
of the whole city. You're like, because that happens all kind of places. That happens in New York a lot. Like, that kind of tri-state area, like Connecticut, Jersey, New York. But also, like, in Memphis, that can happen so fast. Like, you can just be driving, oh, I'm in a good part of town, and it's one turn, boom. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. just, like, miles of just, you know, in a bank, like, where businesses abandon this area. And, like, you can tell, like, there's no investment and ain't nobody trying to do nothing. And, like, a lot of Whitehaven, where um, Graceland is, that's how a lot of that has been. There's investment coming back. But it's just kind of interesting how, like, how quickly that can occur. So the gentrification that, that happens in these different areas is always interesting. The one thing I was going to bring up about how Harlem is changing is as more white people are moving into that neighborhood, they're, they're trying to rename Harlem something else like Soha. And they're that's, doing it. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, but they're doing it because of the reputation that white people have, or, or, or like what they think of when they think of uh, Harlem. Just like I remember when I, when uh, my wife and I were there, they were renaming areas, uh, not Bushwick, like what's the area, like Williamsburg. Williamsburg took on these different names. I can't remember exactly what it was now, but like. They were na- renaming it different stuff so white hipsters w- would feel, or, or like real estate agents could go to the parents of hipsters and be like, yeah, you can actually pay for your kids to be here and it'll be safe because it's no longer this place. It's now named this. It's this new thing. And it's like be- been gentrified and there's new investment there. And you don't have to worry about the scary black people in the crime there now. Uh- yeah, when I, my, like, months in Harlem, my, my little brothers, they lived together, and they basically, I had nowhere to stay, and they, like, took me in, and uh, I don't know, I felt like they were, I'm sure every white person thinks this, I felt like they were really conscious of, like, weird guests, like, we're not gonna rename anything, like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, like, our neighborhood, we're, like, guests here, we're visitors here, and, like, do no harm, like, don't impose my... Don't, like they would just go to like I don't know they would go to like local long standing businesses and stuff like that and it wasn't and they were conscious of that and like blending in as opposed to like oh this is cool but we should replace this with like an artisanal you know muffin shop hey Keith where you are right now in your area is it like that at all is this like the, is, is like wherever people have traditionally been like do you feel like that's changing at all I, I don't know. I can't tell. I know you ain't been there that long. Yeah, I can't. From where I start, I can't tell. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I don't really do nothing. Like I'm. I don't really really communicate with the neighbors like that. Right. So, um, you always say that, but you be like when we we're offline. We're not recording. You always talk about all these fantastic things you're doing. I understand. I don't do fantastic, <laughs> but, but it's also like this. It's a big area, like, you know, Dallas got all these, like, small little cities and towns next to it. I don't do anything where I stay. I kind of step outside of there, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or you'd be, like, in Frisco or something? Or Fort Worth in particular? Like, Austin, Fort Worth, Dallas. Not Austin, my bad, Addison. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> I ain't been out there in a while. Carlton. Well, hey. I would say, like you said, I, I think, you know, we've been recording for a minute. We probably should start closing up. Um, I, I will close by saying I recommend, look, 
it's two episodes in. Pilot was kind of trying too hard. Second episode, my opinion, um, was was good enough where you know it's worth revisiting and giving the show a real shot because I feel like the creators and the actors are really putting a lot of really a lot of care into the show so um as a viewer i'll continue to see what it's doing i'm I'm really interested in seeing where it goes um what about you guys want to close anything in particular what's about the neighborhood anything um i didn't love the pilot but i think the idea of the show is fantastic and i think they have all the tools so i hope it's going to be i i hope it'll be good and i really admire and respect any sitcom that tries to talk about real things um. Well, did you hate it or hate it less? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just it's just very um a very cringeworthy show. Um. I mean, me personally, I don't act for it. Um. I think maybe it would be better if it was displayed in a different format instead of like this laugh track sitcom type of thing, but. I'm. I just personally, I'm not feeling it. But I can see what they're trying to do. Definitely finish the second episode. I'd love to see what you think once you get done with it. Um, but you know, we're gonna you know close here. Um, you know, maybe we'll we'll come back to this perhaps one day. I, like I said, I, I I really am encouraged at seeing the second episode. I I really do hope these. Um, you know, this crew and, and, and these actors get to, um, you know, have some vitality going forward and the people give it another shot because it, it really is, um, it, it does some good things um, in the second episode that they don't really get to showcase in the pilot. Next week, Magnum P.I. <laughs> Maybe so. Hey, um, Guys, I'm so excited to to see where things go, and and uh, we're gonna do we're gonna have some real fun next week, I think, too. Uh, so can't wait for for everybody in the audience to, to check it out. But uh, we'll see y'all next time. I can't wait. Uh, if you like this, please check out the Low Key Podcast with Keith and Aaron. Oh, I'm sorry. If you like this, please check out the <laughs> the multi. Let me do that again. Let me just redo that. That we're keeping this. <laughs> if you like this check out Keith and Aaron's other podcast Meanwhile in the Multiverse if you can give us five stars on iTunes we will get a puppy which we're all really excited about and um, also if you uh, are so inclined please check out Shoot This Now there is an amazing interview that Tim just did with Jeff Bridges most recently <laughs> uh, on his podcast you do all kind of stuff talking about uh, ideas that should be turned into movies please check it out it's a fantastic podcast he, Tim does it with Matt Donnelly and uh, I think you'll enjoy it Meanwhile, in the multiverse, looking at our world through the perspective of other worlds, um, sometimes just looking at our world through a different lens, you will like it. It's an easier name to remember. Meanwhile, in the multiverse. Pretty awesome. We love it. Keith, anything else you want to plug before we close out? No, y'all plugged everything. Let's go. <laughs> Everything's, <laughs> all the holes have been plugged. All right. Right. Don't don't hang up yet. We're gonna talk after we uh close out the episode, guys. We'll see you next time. All right, peace. All right, see y'all. <laughs>